Riding Around is an improvised recap of a sitcom that never existed. Enjoy! I'm Kelly Quinn. And I'm Malin Von Euler-Hogan. We met as actors on the hit early 2000s sitcom Riding Around, the first network comedy ever to be filmed entirely on... And around... A bus. And we're still pretty good friends. And now we're doing the official Riding Around fan podcast. Each week, we'll talk about an episode of the show and bring you interviews, fun facts, and behind-the-scenes stories that only two people who were on the bus can tell you. Come ride around with us. Hey there, Kelly. How are you? Uh, I'm great, Malin. How are you doing? I'm also doing pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. I am relieved to say, as I shared with you, but I haven't shared this with listeners yet, the girls and I did get COVID recently and uh, just been so down and out and under the weather and we really had to hunker down at home, but feeling much better today, thankfully. I'm so glad to hear that you're all okay. Did the girls spread it to Derek and Cassandra? Were they at the house or were you able to catch it early? You know, as much as I maybe sadistically would have liked to get someone else sick. Oh, Kelly. I know, I know. I wasn't going to do bioterrorism, but it, it did cross my mind, but we didn't do it. So, yeah. no, the girls and I were able to uh, be a little COVID unit at home, and it actually was sort of fun. You know, we watched a lot of movies. We had some sleepovers in the in the living room, just the three of us, and mm-hmm. um, really made a, a week and a half of, of just girl time. Oh, um, that's always good. So, consequently, they could not spy on Derek and Cassandra's relationship the way that I had mentioned wanting to try to get them to do and you know sort of getting to the root of what's going on between those two but there's time for that oh absolutely absolutely I'm sure they're raring to go get back over there at their dads and kind of see what's up Mm -hmm. we heard from listeners who were concerned about uh, a couple episodes ago the one we did with Shannon Pills you might have heard her say at the end of the episode that she did not want the episode released, but obviously right. you were hearing it, which means that we did release it. And we just wanted to clear that up and let you know that we connected with Shannon after the Zoom, had a good 30-minute chat with her where we mm-hmm. convinced... Talked her down a little, I would say. Yeah, yeah. We discussed with her and she eventually gave her consent uh, to let us publish the episode. So we're not monsters. You know, we, we always respect our guests' wishes, and this case was no different. Yes. But thank you for your concern for her. Something that we love about our listeners is how oh, thoughtful you all are. Yeah, truly, truly looking out for, and someone like Shannon, who's been through so, so, so much, it means a lot that you all would care that much about a behind-the-scenes person on the show, even. You know, that's right. how incredible you guys are. Mm-hmm. Your caring knows no bounds. Well, today, gosh, we are so excited to crack into season three, episode three, because we have an exciting update in this episode. We've got a we new do. passenger on the bus, and not only a new passenger, not not just a commuter, but a member of the 10, you know, the sort of 10 central riders of the bus who remain a constant throughout the show's many twists and turns. Um, and that character, Sammy, is introduced in this episode today, so mm-hmm. we're very excited to do that. Yes. And so on the show today to help us talk through this episode and give us a glimpse into his experiences on the show is the actor, James Muhammad. Welcome, James. Welcome, James. Am I allowed to talk now? Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Am I, is this okay for me to speak now? Yes, you're perfect. Yeah, this okay. is your cue. Nailing okay. it as Hi, always. <laughs> Hi, James. Oh, it's so good to see you. When was the last time? 
Ah, uh, gosh. So let's think. Um, season right. seven wrapped. Right. 2013. But yeah. I know I've seen you since then. Yeah. I mean, surely not a decade. No, 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 no. I mean, we probably I know we got that brunch in 2015. Definitely, which was before, and then, um, God, I'm trying to think, maybe there was a mall running or something. Yes, uh, oh, yeah, because yeah. you're living on the west side, right? You're over there, so I, yeah, I do, I get out there sometimes, and yeah, I'm sure we we must have run into each other, but safe to say it's been too long, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely too long. I know for sure I haven't heard from many people who were working on the show and it was a great mm-hmm. it was a great remembrance to see you guys start this podcast. You know, it's one of those things where you're like, gosh, I should have done that. Oh, well, yeah. 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 So Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Uh, we had that reaction from a couple other cast members on the same tier as us mm-hmm. and, you know, we would just say you would be welcome to join us however often you like this is not you know we weren't trying to monopolize the experience of having been on the show and in fact we are whisper whisper not authorized by nbc to do this this was just sort of of our own initiative we're going to do this podcast and walk down (laughs) thank you oh gosh we don't hear that a lot but boy it's nice (laughs) you know screw nbc everything they did to us you know or to me at least (laughs) right well we you know i would still love to work with them one day and we're we're Crossing our fingers, James, I think, for the possibility of a reboot at some point, which, oh of course, God, you would yeah. have to be involved in. Sammy is a smash hit uh, as a character. So, you oh, know, yeah. let's some uh, of the uh, most quotable lines uh, that any character on NBC history has ever had, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, gosh, I don't know if I could do the voice anymore. And obviously, it's changed <laughs> since I've become an adult, but, um, you know, stuff like, I'm honey. <laughs> and- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And others just memorable. I'm so horny. Yeah. Yeah. So your voice has changed a bit since yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. How, yeah. So how old were you when you got cast and riding around? Well, I was 23. And as we all remember, Sammy was the ripe age of 17, sort of the, right. you know, uh, a lot of the crux of his character was he's so horny. So, right. It, mm-hmm. It was the perfect age for that sort of to start blossoming in a boy's body. Right. Yeah. And what a funny, just comedic coincidence that your voice was still so high and hadn't switched yet. I think I wonder if that's I mean, obviously, your talent, but I wonder if that's part of what got you cast. I mean, definitely. I we do see a big change in Sammy in later seasons. I don't want to, you know, get too far ahead of ourselves, but it is because I did not hit puberty until 26. (laughs) So, yeah. And that did give me the competitive edge when I was young and I was out there auditioning. Yeah. 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 Oh, gosh. What I wouldn't have done to delay my puberty and then delay (laughs) sort of every stage of my life so that I could play younger, longer. I mean, what a gift. I imagine it came alongside challenges for you, of course, too. Boys can be so tough to to one another, but Mm. made you perfect Mm -hmm. for the role. So perfect. Yeah, definitely. It worked out as far as professionally. And, you know, quite I I was an actor from a young age. So definitely the other young people I interacted with were also actors. But, you know, whenever I did have to go out into the real world, go back home and deal with local kids and stuff, they would be quite mean. Yes. (laughs) Even after you're a famous TV actor. Yeah, I mean, I and I 
so at times they that almost fueled the fire, you know, because yes. they would go, "There's horny boy James walking mm-hmm. around, yeah. perverted, pervert." Right. right. So you had that reputation in your personal life as well. Then it wasn't just the character. Unfortunately, playing such an iconic character with such an right, iconic, yeah. right. you know, it is yeah. hard, and it was kind of hard for the rest of my career to separate myself from from Sammy. Yeah. But you know what? It means a job well done because you know who else has that problem? Rain Wilson, who played Dwight on The Office. And um, Mm -hmm. the young man who played Napoleon Dynamite, I haven't seen work much since then. And you have to imagine it's because, you know, such a perfect fusion of actor and role and can't escape it for the rest of your career. See beyond that. Right. Well, I'm here to tell listeners that as someone who's known James for so many years now, you are decidedly a normal amount of of horny in your <laughs> regular life. I just want to clear that up for everyone. There's no pervert on this Zoom right now, you know? No. Thank you, God. That feels so good to hear, especially during this sort of woke, I don't want to get too far into it, but you know, the, the way the culture is now and seeing the way people write about Sammy is frustrating because, you know, talking about how, you know, disrespectful it is to have the only immigrant in your cast, the only Muslim character which was revolutionary at the time, but also to dumb right. him down to be a pervert. It was He was so much more than that. And I agree. We got to get talking offline, James, about wokeness and cancel culture and all that, because I think, did it not serve the culture in some way to have a representative from this community out there on, on TVs and screens? I think so. But, you know, what do I know? Yeah. I mean, and just much like the removal of Apu from The Simpsons, you know, he was so much more than, you know, the majority of the jokes that he made or the way he was characterized. He wasn't just a cheap deli store owner. He was also Hindu and had a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And isn't that kind of on the audiences ultimately for not imagining beyond what the writers and creators mm-hmm. of these shows are putting forth? Mm-hmm. So the audiences need to take a little responsibility, I think, for imagining a depth in the character that maybe isn't on the screen, but is there if you think right. it. Hello. Or given yeah. by the voice performer necessarily. Right. You know, but right. let's use our imaginations, guys. Exactly. You know, and Sammy wasn't just like some sort of stereotype I threw together. You know, I I went back home to talk to family that I didn't want to talk to. And I spent time with them studying their accents to figure out which one talked the funniest and uh, which one I could emulate to do a great job as I took it seriously. Is that so? I mean, you approached it very methodically. It sounds like, no, Mm -hmm. when you say go back home, where's home? Orlando, Florida. That's a fun place. A big Disney fan or yeah. Uh, I mean, of course, how could you not living so close? We, we lived very close at this uh, motel, like just a few miles from the parks. And my mom worked at the parks and my dad worked (gasps) at the parks. Yeah. Oh, what a legacy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's a Mm -hmm. fabulous place. I love to take my girls down there. Yeah, me too. Not so much anymore, but it, you know, with all the stuff they're doing. But definitely used to be a really great place, yeah. Yeah. Wait, well, sorry, I'm not up on my my Disney news. Are they, is there something wrong at, at Disney these days? Yeah, what are you referring to, James, <laughs> when you say all that stuff they're doing? Oh, I don't know. I just heard stuff, stuff on Facebook circulating, okay. you know, sort of yeah. agendas being pushed. Oh, with Jenda's being pushed. Well, yeah. don't get me started oh. on that. I yeah. do know they're they're sort of locking horns with Governor DeSantis now because of something. I don't know. But I oh, haven't. Oh, gosh. You know, I see a headline. It's gone yeah. from my head. 
almost seconds later. We're NBC Universal people now, aren't we? Having been uh, absolutely. The, you know, the network. So we're uh, Universal Studios and the Minions all the way. <laughs> minions all the way. Don't even get me started. They're so funny. So funny. Funny little troublemakers, much like <laughs> Sammy really was. <gasps> yes, That's so true. And what a great segue, actually, into yes. the episode that we should be yeah. recapping today. Um, let me go ahead and read that summary and we can chat about them and, and then get some more Minions chat in later, I hope. Newcomer Sammy boards the bus with a bang and makes a strong impression on the other riders. Rudy has a job interview and needs help tying his tie. What a silly, silly fun episode this was. I can still remember, James, the table read where we did this. And this was the first time we're all meeting you, you know. And and here's this 23-year-old, you know, playing a 17-year-old. But you just clicked instantly with Mm -hmm. the rest of us. It was like, it's like you had been there since season one, episode one. It was so perfect and so funny right away. Yeah. Oh, my God. That feels so good to, to hear because obviously going into it, I'm a ball of nerves, you know. Uh, well, how could you not be? This is a hit NBC sitcom. This is a very tightly knit cast, and you're being shoved in the middle of it with no warning. Yeah, and I'm just on a fistful of beta blockers, just uh, try to <laughs> slower my heart rate so I don't just explode right. at the table. And But, you know, I will say the first time I say the famous line that became <laughs> my catchphrase, mm-hmm. very horny. To feel the energy in the room and the accept yes. and the way everyone accepted me, it was. Yeah. Uh, I think about that moment every day, honestly. It was so funny, and I don't know how you felt, Kelly, but I remember feeling well. That's an instant catchphrase, and mm-hmm. I'm jealous. You know, just to have something right off the bat that you know is going to be this indelible mark on culture, right? That does not happen every episode. I'll tell you that. No, I mean, Molly, you waited seasons for that to happen, and you know mm-hmm. my. My daughter got a catchphrase that Sylvia got a catchphrase sort of earlier in the show when she was mm-hmm. be like, are we there? Are we there yet? But, mm-hmm. you know, for me, it took a while, too. And mm-hmm. here you are, episode one. And in that table read, bam, it's electric. Everyone is dying around that table. And then by the time we're in that third act and you're singing the thong song, I mean, <laughs> it's you have the, the whole room just wrapped around your finger, right? We're like, this is this is just a master at his craft, you know? Mm-hmm. So funny. Can I can I admit something that I've never admitted? Oh please, please! I had not heard the thong song until thirty minutes before that table read. You are Stop kidding it. me! It was almost no. inescapable in the okay, you wow, know, early two thousands. But I guess maybe that's the sort of age gap because I'm trying to think. That song came out, you know, yeah. late nineties, right? Right, you know? what would have been a party anthem for you and I, right? You're right, a little but, young. Yeah, you would have only been so twenty seven or twenty three. Yeah, that's like. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. You probably shouldn't have been hearing the thong song, you know? Pretty edgy Yeah, at age 23, I definitely, my parents had a pretty protective grip on me. So Mm I wasn't allowed to listen to very much popular music. I was just, they were just mostly focused on getting me out there, getting me auditions. Right. Yeah, so tell us a little bit, how did you get from Orlando, Florida, all the way out to big, sunny Hollywood, California? I'll tell you what, it wasn't an accident. Um, So... Like I said, my parents worked at the parks, and so mm-hmm. I would spend some days walking around there while they were working, and I would just do funny little dances throughout the park still, and it would just start drawing a crowd. And, you know, my dad, in his goofy costume, would just get 
outshined by me doing little dances. And oh, what funny mm. little rivalry, father son. I know my dad, fifty um, year old uh, man who used to be head of the Department of Health in Uzbekistan is now in a goofy costume. Wow. Seeing That's the reason the he dream. moved out here. Yeah, he's yeah. seeing, like, yeah. I moved out here because my son wasn't allowed to dance in Uzbekistan. Or I don't know, whatever was going on over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's right. And so my dad turned to my mother and he said, you know, well, he didn't say anything because they're not allowed to talk in costume. But backstage, right. you know, he slapped, he, he grabs the the mini head from my mother and he goes, did you see him out there? He's a star. Mm. Oh, good. So he was wow. happy. He wasn't feeling outshined in any way. He was no. happy about this development. Great. Again, he used to be like in charge of the Department of Health. So he didn't he had no dreams of becoming a star. But seeing that I had mm-hmm. the star quality, he was like, this is why we moved to America, where people can become stars. Right. Yeah. Gosh, I can't imagine having that kind of humility about me that your father seems to have where it's just, you know, I don't know if either of my daughters ever exhibit the talent for acting. Would I feel threatened? I like to hope not, but mm. there's really no telling. And that's why I'm not having children. I think that's wise. Yeah. Speaking of not having children, I wish I could even have a choice in the matter. Again, like I said, I had some hormone issues and I'm unable to procreate. So, Oh, oh is that right? I'm yeah. so sorry. Wow. No, it's okay because now, you know, I teach at the local acting school here and they're, they're my children in kind of a way. Oh, yeah. And you're giving back to that next generation of performers. I love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And so great that you moved to L.A. with the support of your family. Mm-hmm. It's it's so important. And not everyone gets that. Mm-hmm. I was definitely very fortunate, you know, because immediately, you know, my dad got me in a, a commercial for a local barbecue place, mm. Gators, uh, Dockside Grill. I Gators, was uh, there's. I was their spokesperson for a while. I would uh, be I would be dressed as a little server, and a barbecue sauce would fall on my head, and I'd go, "I'm delicious." <laughs> oh wait, funny. we watched this. <laughs> I think you pulled this up on YouTube for us once. Okay, because mm-hmm. I I can picture this. You're wearing like a little green like beret for some reason. Yeah, yeah. I, well, the yeah, I was wearing a green beret, and uh, I was dressed like um, I was dressed like a green beret. Period. Like oh, a that's soldier. what it was. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, gosh. What a funny... I must have been I must have been in my tub reading lines, I have to imagine. And then I missed that little um, display. But it sounds so hilarious. And, you know, here's another question I have. Mm-hmm. At what point did... I don't remember who directed this episode. I should, I should have made a note of it as I was rewatching last night. But at what point... Because in the table read, of course, you're doing your entrance onto the bus. And you literally kick the door in. I don't know if you <laughs> right. remember this in the episode... But at what point did the the choice get made? Oh, he's going to kick this door in. Was it written in the script? Do you remember, or is that something a physicality you worked out with a director? Oh God! I the funny thing about kicking the door in. So again, I would take beta blockers to slow mm-hmm. my heart rate um, mm-hmm. before performing because I would just be such a ball of nerves. Mm-hmm. And I just remember, for me, it was just me trying to take a big step onto the bus. But the the queue hadn't been made to open the door yet. And so I just ki- ended up kicking the door open. And I come on and, you know, I say, can I have a seat in the back? Because I'm very horny. 
Oh, so it was just the sheer force of that step that led yeah. to the choice. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it's iconic now. I mean, that's if you were to do a BuzzFeed list of, you know, best character intros of all time, this all this time. would be number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh, iconic. stop. No, You're making me blush. I won't. This is this is what's so fun about doing this show is just getting to give our fellow cast members their flowers mm-hmm. and celebrate everyone and the great work that they did. Because I know it was a while ago, but we need to remember the great stuff we did. That's how that's how we can go forward in life, right? Is patting yes. ourselves on the back about what we've done before. Yes, this is a tough business and you have to celebrate the wins where you can. Totally. Speaking of, James, what are you up to these days? I know obviously you've had your issues with the industry, but I understand you're trying to mount a bit of a comeback. Would you call it that? Yeah. I mean, I'm out there. I mean, seeing the success of everything everywhere all at once, seeing that, you know, people who are others can make it in Hollywood again, seeing the way Ki Hu Kwan made it back, made, made that comeback after not getting any roles for years. Yes. Mm. Obviously the directors came knocking on his door, but no one's knocking on my door. So right now I'm out there. I'm trying to find any funny duo that directs music videos and I'm trying to get them to write a movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and such trying a to get smart that off idea. the ground. Right. Absolutely. You know, and that's such a great reminder because it's not all about what your agent can do for you or who can put opportunities in your way. Sometimes you have to seek the opportunities out. Gosh, you know, I spent too long waiting for an agent who wasn't doing anything for me. And I think, wow, why wasn't I out there talking to music video directors and trying to get in the back door, so to speak? That's such an amazing idea. You know what I heard one time is so we pay our agents. 10%, right? And that's because we have to do 90% of the work. Oh and my a God. lot of actors so forget true. that. A lot of actors are sitting and twiddling their thumbs. Like Kelly said, us included. You know, I'm guilty of that for sure. But that is so smart to try to find music video directors who maybe have a connection to... And so would this be maybe specific to the Muslim American experience or Uzbekistani American experience? What's what's your dream project look like? My dream project uh, looks like a success that gets mm-hmm. me out in front and back in people. You know, I'm open to anything because that movie, Everything Everywhere All at Once, was so weird, was so strange mm-hmm. and so Very. random. Right. So. To me, I'm just looking for the most random guys with the funniest haircuts, and I'm walking up to them, and I'm going, Mm. what's in your head, you know? Right. And if we could add the aspect of being Muslim, of being from Uzbekistan, sure, that would be, you know, perfect. That's just bonus. Right, right. Okay. Got it. But of course, unfortunately, the guys with the funniest haircuts are tend to be white. So right, but that shouldn't stop them from trying to write a project and just imagine another, mm-hmm. you know, another population's experience. I mean, why not? And I'll yeah. just remind you guys: one of the Daniels is white. So yeah, there's there's something there, right? Mm-hmm. Not all yeah. white people. So, and he's got such a funny haircut. I'm trying to picture it. I feel like at the at the Oscars, it was maybe toned down because I'm not right. remembering. Uh, it being too, too crazy, but... I'm, I might have misread what I was looking at well, when I you saw know, them. I think looking for white guys with strange hair, not a not too great a yeah. 
a, a difficulty in Los Angeles. Oh, I mean, especially some, here. Oh my yeah. god, you know. they're so funny out here, everybody. Yeah. And you guys were talking about agents and stuff doing. You know, we give them ten percent because I I don't know. I thought it was big. I thought everybody knew this, but I actually was dropped by my agent in twenty nine. No, 29, I had no idea. In twenty nineteen, when I did Celebrity Big Brother, he just completely stopped talking to me after that. Was it as a result? So I. I'm not much of a reality TV watcher. Was it as a result of something you did on the show, can I ask? Or I don't know. So I was just playing the game. I, you know, it's a game reality right. TV show. So, of course, you know, it's competition. Yeah. I'm taking people aside and I'm telling them everyone is talking about you behind your back. I'm the only person you can trust. Oh, see, I think that's diabolical, but it's smart. It's good gameplay. Good strategy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And apparently, you know, um, nobody liked that I did that and the way I played the game. And, you know, my agent said it's best to part ways because he thinks that there's a bad stink on my name. And to me, that it's his oh job to get gosh. the stink off my name. Right. What? Isn't that why you're here for? to manage a situation? You're a manager. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It also didn't help. I pushed a couple of people physically oh oh okay in what context i uh, just in challenges and stuff i'm trying to get ahead and oh, there's okay. no rule specifically about pushing and i know you guys don't watch reality tv but now in the new in the new big brothers they say specifically no pushing and that's because of me and that's your impact wow yeah well, it sounds to me like your agent didn't appreciate what a competitor you are mm -hmm. and to me that just lets me know that he wasn't the right representative for you. You need a fighter if you're a fighter. You know what I mean? That's really true. Yeah. But I don't want to get too far into what I'm, you know, all this drama and sure. nonsense. It's about celebrating what we did back then, which, you know. Yes. Well, no, you're right. We should be celebrating because you were on Riding Around for four incredible seasons. Mm -hmm. And something we're trying to do these days is talk about our favorite memories uh, from from these golden ages past. Mm -hmm. So I was curious if you had any, let's just do this episode since it was your first one, any special memories that come to mind, your favorite moment from shooting episode 303? Because I think I know what mine was. I definitely know mine. I'm good to, I'm just going to burst with excitement if I don't say it right oh, now. I loved, it. you know, because the the last sort of joke of that episode is uh, revolves around the thong song. I have to say it was such a blast from the past to just sit in the back of the bus with you guys playing the thong song over and over on a little speaker between takes and just the little dance party that we had in the back and watching everyone really go for it. You know, watching Andrea Merman do some stuff that we had never really seen her cut mm -hmm. loose in that way before. Um, watching you, James, do, you know, again, new to the cast, but fitting right in and sort of doing your funny little two-step dance you were doing back there. Just wonderful, such silly behind-the-scenes memories. Totally. Yeah. And, and I was going to say that I think my favorite moment is Ethel's facial acting. Mm -hmm. When Sammy first comes aboard the bus, you can tell she... She's turned on. I'll just say it. She's turned on. And she <laughs> conveys that with a look. Obviously, Ethel is an older woman and Sammy is a teen, but it just shows that sort of cross-generational connection that a comedy like this can bring out. And yeah, so that was my that was my favorite moment just from the rewatch last night. I mean, and I'm sure you guys talked about how Ethel doesn't have any classical training. So to see somebody with just such a natural, everything she does is so impro improvisational, you know. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it was so hard to separate the character from the real woman because, you know, mm -hmm. there were times, you know, I was a young 23-year-old man and, you know, Ethel and I would 
sometimes be reaching for the same thing and just kind of oh, kind of yeah. hold hold touches and glances from time you to time. Say. Oh, oh my wow. gosh. never you pulled the trigger on that. Yeah. That is why on Succession I heard um the sort of May December romance between Jerry and Roman that sort of came out of improvised moments on set where the two of them were fine that they had a little their sparring got a little flirtatious and that can yield such hilarious results as we've seen on succession as, as we saw with you and Ethel on riding around. Well, riding around did it first. I'll just say Yeah. That, I mean, huh? well, I'll say when I was watching succession, I was like, are they kidding me right now? <laughs> yeah. This is a total Ethel Sammy. Yeah. I know a young guy horny for an older lady because in the first uh, in the third season, we don't really get into it, but as it goes on, it morphs that Sammy is attracted to older women. Right. right. And I yeah. think the writers felt confident once your character turns 18, okay, we can go there. We can go there. We can push the trigger. And I was pushing yeah. forward to, I think, mm. you know, I think it became undeniable Ethel and I's connection. And we still talk from time oh, to time. Mm-hmm. How is she? Because so... we have not had her on the show yet. We've been meaning to. Right. I she's think... not on social media. She's hard to reach. Yeah. I mean, well, luckily, you know, I'm back in Orlando. So. You know, and she lives in the villages. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Oh, no, not at all. And I didn't realize you'd left L.A. Oh, yeah, I kind of had to. Um, You know, L.A. just I got tired of the grind and stuff, and I just wanted to come back home to my roots. So I started living with my nephew. That's so what a nice that's so great that he was willing to take you in and that you guys have a a relationship that is conducive to living together. It's hard to find that. Well, you know, he's an aspiring actor himself. He does um, little, he does videos on uh, Tac Tac or whatever it is, and mm-hmm. TikTok, yeah, yeah, and the, those are doing so well and stuff. And I think that's Ethel rubbing off on you, James. Is Ethel call it Tac Tac? Because I know you know. Uh yeah. I mean, I I'm trying to be bashful, but I am aware of TikTok, and I am following <laughs> his career very closely and oh. sort of, you know, and I'll give him tips. You know, I'd be like. You know, is that dance you're doing? I did funny dances too. That's how I started. And I'd be like, a lot of it is just hip and groin stuff. If you plant your feet more and do hip and groin stuff, Mm -hmm. I mean, the crowd will go wild for that. Just firmly planted feet and just all hip and groined. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That's the secret. That's the secret. And isn't he so lucky to have a supportive family member like you? Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. And I I tried to, like I said, I can't have kids. So he's sort of become a child. In his own right. <laughs> oh, that's really touching. Mm-hmm. And it's nice. I take care of him with his acting, and he takes care mm-hmm. of me with shelter and food and dr- drives mm-hmm. me to Ethel's. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Gosh. Well, next time, you know, we're both on the East Coast. I'm in New York now, of course. Mm-hmm. And if you're ever up in the city, would love to see you get together, catch up. It's been far too long, and it's been such a joy seeing here to yeah. you here today. Oh, my God. And did you change your number? Because I feel like I have. Uh, you know, let me take a look. It's possible that I have some um, settings just with my carrier that changed that that where the, the messages wouldn't have gone through. I uh-huh. can't imagine I ever would have screened a call from you, James. Yeah. No. And Malin, your phone number is the same. It is. Yeah, I haven't changed it. Got that hometown area code still going. And uh, I may be more easily reached on email these days. I'm trying to mm-hmm. do a little bit of a digital minimalism thing where I pull oh, back wow. from the phone use just because it's making me crazy. But mm-hmm. 
we definitely need to connect next time you're in LA. I would love to just go to the Grove and look around for director types with crazy haircuts and and try to get that next project for you going. That would be a dream Saturday for me. I would love that. Yeah. And I'll, I'll ask my nephew to download email on my phone and I'll definitely email the two of you. But like we were talking about, my favorite moment on the show definitely had to be when I left wardrobe and the big laugh that what I was wearing got from the whole cast. Just immediately on site. Just Mm -hmm. my shorts, the way they were riding up high, my shirt, (laughs) the way it was riding high, the haircut (laughs) they gave me, and just the fact that I could bring such laughter with just walking out. And I just, it gave me the confidence to, you know, take more beta blockers and do my job on set. I love that. Ugh. Such a talent. Listen, while we have you here, do you have anything you'd like to plug for our army of loyal listeners today? Um, me personally, um, I would love everyone to check out my nephew's TikTok. Yes. Of um, course. We'll, we'll link to that in the show notes. Little Boy Shakes is his TikTok name. <laughs> Great. And also there is another young man I'm trying to make me his mentor um, and he hasn't responded to me much. Um, young man goes by the name Akmal Tajihan. So maybe give him a follow on Instagram. Oh, certainly. He's not doing Twitter as much nowadays. I think it's kind of making his head hurt. So he's not really on it as much anymore. But Instagram's a great way to find what he's up to. Fantastic. We will link to that as well. Thank you so much, James. It was amazing catching up. Can we get one last catchphrase for the road? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Excuse me. I'm so sad. But I'm a very holy. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Thank you so much to all of our listeners. Thank you also to Kelsey Bailey for our logo and to John Purcell for our theme music and for mixing the show. You can follow us at Riding Around Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And send your thoughts and questions to our email address, ridingaroundpod at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate us, and review us anywhere you find your podcasts. And if you leave your favorite Riding Around memory in your review, we'll read it in an upcoming show. Come back and join us next week. We'll have another great episode for you that you won't want to miss. See you then. Hi, guys.